Ew. What's going on, dude? Nothing's going on at all. What's up? Nothing. Sweet. Yep. Yes. Yeah. This is this this podcast beginning is the basically I guess the uh, metaphor for how I live my life with passwords because I need a password to log into Skype and I use it just infrequently enough to need it but never remember it so it's one of the passwords where i always have to create a new password to log in wow so it's in my mind it's easier to just recreate a password every time rather than make a password and write it down somewhere or remember it wow you don't have like a i don't use keychain or a password manager or anything like that well i do i i do for my phone have a password manager but <laughs> oh, i don't not Skype. If you... I don't either. I don't know how any of that stuff... I mean, like, you could use, like, um... You could use, like, 1Password or one of those programs that does that. Yeah, a manager. A password manager. Um... Or you could have, like... The... I guess, you know, Skype is its own standalone program, so that doesn't really work for Skype, but I also... Um, because my mom's a, you know, she was basically a library cataloger for most of my life, um, or at least a good portion of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, my mom always had some like fun cataloging type tricks that she would share. So I've, I use just like, um. I use like a please excuse my dear Aunt Sally kind of order of operations for. Um, is it uh, pneumatic? Uh, pneumatic device? No, is a mnemonic device. I guess. Um, isn't that isn't that what that is? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, but I, I use like uh, just a, a basic order of operations that most of the time holds true, and I understand, you know, the ins and outs of it. But I, I basically just use a a system so that I can effectively take a glance at whatever I'm logging into and based on the certain criteria of where I'm logging into, let's say it's Skype, uh, I can actually just know what the password is based on the fact that the program is Skype. Um, okay. I don't know how to, I don't know how to explain that without I, tell, I telling I you what my passwords are. No, but... I, I, I feel like it's probably something like, Oh, Skype is like a phone. I know someone who worked at a phone store, and we <laughs> knew each other on this street in this year. And I'm not, like, it's that. It, it, like, just that's a very simple version of what I think you're saying, but it's just a uh, association type thing. So that's a way more complicated version than what I'm saying. But like, he, let's here's an example. Um, let's say Skype. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna write one out of nothing. Okay. Right right now. Um, let's say I always use the number 63, okay? Mm -hmm. Um, 
let's say, so that's like a constant. Um, let's say I always use the percent sign as my special character. Um, and let's say I always use the capital P because I use percent. So you have a constant, you have 63, you have a percent, and you have a capital P. So those three things have to go in kind of a certain order anyway. Um, so let's say I get to my Skype window. Now, how you do your logins, you can do completely differently or whatever. Um, but obviously Skype saves your login information so you know what it is. I accept so, I, I must have chosen not to save it. That's amazing. Okay. So <laughs> I get to Skype. I look at the Skype window. Okay. Uh-huh. And I use the word Skype, okay? And I'm using the last letter and I'm skipping a letter, I'm using the next letter, and I'm skipping a letter, I'm using the next letter going backwards, reading it backwards. So Skype spelled backwards is E-P-Y-K-S. I'm looking literally at the word, right? e so Right. So I skip the letter. So I go capital E-Y-S 63% capital P. That's my password. Okay. Okay, so now I go to TD Bank, right? I'm going to uh -huh. just I'm just going to open open this TD Bank so I can look at it so I can create the password. All right, this is a little harder. I don't use TD Bank for the for the record. Um they were dicks I used to. Um Toronto Dominion is what the whole thing is, and I know that that it's the company. It's Toronto Dominion, right? I did not know that. Oh, okay. Well, I knew that because they were my bank for a while. So TD doesn't work because it's not long enough, right? But I can use Toronto Dominion. Or you could spell it phonetically. T-E-E -E, and use threes as E's. D-E-E. -E. Right. And now this is you creating your own world, which makes sense to you. So let's say <laughs> I'm using um, uh, Toronto is a little bit of a weird word, but let's use it for fun, right? And then so it's the Maple Leaves. The Maple Leaves play at the what's their arena called? Um, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> 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 All right, so Toronto. So my password is capital O N R T percent sixty three capital P. Done. These are these are my passwords. You know what I mean? This is how you do this. And that way you can look at a website. You have your pattern that you always do. It's always the same. Uh -huh. right? but, the, but the password is unique per scenario. And so if you use that kind of special character combination every single time, then you're gold. The only time that this fails is when you have a certain... Um, company that doesn't allow uh, special characters or it doesn't allow specific special characters so you have to change the special characters so i just have literally like a notes file that just says uh american express you know use carrot not percent 
or whatever. All right. So that's how I remember every single password without doing any work whatsoever. I remember when passwords didn't need capital letters or numbers or special characters. And I think that's what's tripping me up is yeah. the one the ones that I've had since I started computing, I remember because they've been with me the longest and I've used them the most frequently for everyday things. And then all of a sudden you had to start adding like exclamation points and one uppercase and, and one number. And that I think is... Make, especially in certain cases where I'm trying to remember if I, oh did I did I add a special character on there or did I not add a special character on there, and then right. I get locked then I get locked out you know. Oh yeah, so if you think about it, you should spend like you should write out your system. Use the Andy Lopez system, right? You should write out what your system is in your mind. Say this is how I'm going to do this. And you should spend the hour and a half and just go through every single password and change them all because then you'll never have to change a password again. And I, I hate to think of all the time that you lose on resetting passwords. Well, counterproposal, it takes 30 seconds to reset a password. So if I compare the aggregate of the number of passwords that I need to change over a course of my life versus yeah. that hour and a half of coming up and developing a system and remembering right. that system, I think I'm on the side where I'm going to pay it over a long period of time rather than pay it all up front. See, Which is, is unusual for me because I like to pay everything up front. I understand that sentiment and I understand. I, I see how that would make sense. Obviously, the hour and a half is just kind of like a fake number that I made up. I don't know how long it would take um, you to do that because you would only do it with the uh, 80% of stuff that actually matters. You know, you wouldn't do it with whatever else also i should say unless forced i've never changed any of my original original passwords which are not capitalized they're just one word so i still have old things that i still access with my like password that i used with uh, aol instant messenger oh yeah yeah, yeah. i like so, that's what I, that's what i was saying before is like those ones that stayed constant i haven't changed Right, and, and those are the ones that I remember. I, I bet ADM. My, I bet I can get into. I could log if ADM still existed, which who knows if it does. I could still log into ADM because I know it's just the same one-word password. You know all that stuff. I, and I've never changed those because why bother? You know. Um, so yeah. Wow, we get a, a a password conversation to just just launch think, us right into it. I think we kind of half stumbled upon another uh, another I don't know business opportunity where if so, what you were saying is yeah. now if people listen to this, they could figure out that they know what your three constants are. You know? Yeah, sure. So, in order to be completely safe, you need a person that you have no connection to to generate a password and send to you. What uh -huh. if we had? What if we had like a password hotline where a complete stranger calls you, and you basically do what you just did, but different for every person, without any information from their part or what it's for, and you just generate them a password. Okay, that seems like like hey, I'm set setting up a credit card. Uh, I need a I need a password. Let me call one eight hundred password. 
Hey Lopez, I need a password. And you go, you go, ring, 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 ring. Hey, I need a password. And then you do this. Mm-hmm. But that am I? Would... Te- but am I teaching my method? No, it sounds no, like no, I'm no, not. No. no, if they need three different passwords, they call you three different times. Wow. That's the only way it can be completely unique because that you have no connection to that person or the website that they're creating a password for. But inherently, if someone was using my, like, I'm the only, like, I'm I'm a single variable here. So inherently, the issue would be that a fault if you. someone, yeah, yeah, if someone So, so if I that... was trying to crack a password and I called you, <laughs> I could call you 10 times and maybe see that you always say capital I for some reason, even though it looks like a one. Oh, God. <laughs> so then once I know there's a capital I in a password, then it's just, uh, uh, you know, three steps from there and I'll I'll have your Tinder account or whatever. Yeah, like the, the randomization isn't as strong as obviously a computer program okay, is. So okay, think... so, it's not, so it's not just one person. Yeah. It, it randomly auto-dials a person in the country with a cell phone. And anyone who's opt in into this, like you, like let's say you download an app and you just get a random call. Yes. And and someone's like, like let's say you get a, a push notification, like, um, you know, uh, Harry from Montana would like you to create a password for him, and would you oh, like to accept dude. this challenge? And you click yes. Oh my and god. And then Harry calls you instantly, like relays or- back. Or to make, to make it even safer, we don't have a voice conversation. <laughs> if you've opted into this app, you just get a buzz. You're one of the people who got a thing, and it says, password, please. And then you just generate randomly. For, like Three different keyboards show up. It's a, it's a letter, a number, and a special characters one. And you just go through there. It tells you the minimum to the maximum of passwords that it needs, but it doesn't tell you what it's for. And you just go through, and you randomly assign one. Oh, my God. I think the beauty of this is that like we we met at a job where we were like it was a computer job right and yeah. yet we are not computer programmers um, and I'd like to even go a step further and say that we don't understand that much about how oh, I compu- want to I want to re- refute that I think we just broke like I think we we just broke it down from being something that the big wigs out in Silicon Valley have been doing to now it's like local farm to table passwords that we're doing farm to table passwords like so that you didn't see the air quotes on there but it's like it's small <laughs> it's small batch passwords you're not generating them through some big algorithm machine which is living on amazon's cloud you're getting it from someone in poughkeepsie new york who's at the bar you know oh my god it's a, it's a, but if he's it's at the bar then everyone else has his password but but they don't they don't know what the password's to because you're in Bangladesh setting up a fucking hooker account or something. Wow, why why is someone in Bangladesh sex tourism? I don't know, man. That's not uh, great. Uh, wow. Well, we're going to kink shame now? No, it's just Bangladesh. I mean, I don't really know enough about it to not be Bangladesh. I'm not really up on this LA like level of of is 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 that a we just you can't shame anything anymore right that's over i mean i don't i don't i only shame phillies fans and yep that makes sense and uh because of bryce harper oh yeah dude (laughs) (laughs) oh 
god. Did he? I didn't follow any of that because I mean, National League. Who cares? But um, the the how did that work? Like, did he like take bids from everybody? Yeah, they, uh, the Phillies submitted an offer three three or four months before he accepted, and it wasn't high enough or long enough. And then they came back and they just blew it out of the water. Huh. How about like other teams? Did other teams bid? Uh, yeah, I can't remember who all was in the running for it, but I want to say maybe Chicago and San Francisco. I can't remember. I feel like, oh, you mean like, wait, the White Sox? No, the Cubs. Oh. Huh. Did he not want to convert to American League? I think he would have gone... I, I don't know, man. I, I, I don't follow his career, and yeah. I don't like the teams he plays for. Yeah, I have absolutely no connection to him whatsoever. I'm yeah. happy he got paid, but I also could care if I ever see him in the league again. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, good. Love it. Nice. Yeah, baseball's, uh, baseball's begun. and um, Spring has sprung. Spring has sprung. Yep, down there. It, it was 70 degrees here today. Ooh. Somehow... Um, so I enjoyed that. I have to swap my winter study tires off of one of my cars tomorrow. Oh, uh, before you do that, we need to clap too. Oh, yeah. Um, you want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it now. Yeah, three, two, one. Nice. Good enough. And, um,. Uh, yeah. Oh, hockey playoffs, man? What's up? Yeah? Huh? I don't particularly care. I know. It's too bad. It's, they're great. They're I know. I, I wish I could, I could care. I just fell off. I, 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 it's like a moving train. I can't jump back on now. Oh, you can. I will give you, I will give you my password to my NHL account so you can get back on. I feel like I'll wait till the next one. So next season, maybe I'll jump on. Yeah. Start at the beginning. Do I do I go back to being a Devils fan or should I just be an LA Knights fan? Um well uh, or sorry, LA Kings. LA yeah. Knight, LA Knights is like sneakers, I think. You like no, Vegas, you could be a Vegas Golden Knights fan. I was in Vegas last week, right? And yeah. everybody who's there yeah. is a Golden Knights fan. Yeah. Obsessed. Like they'll they'll say goodbye at a bar at like a high like like a classy restaurant on the top floor of a casino. Yeah. And the and the bartender will be like, Go nights, and the customer will be like, Go nights. Yeah. And it, it makes me wonder what these people had three years ago. They had nothing. So they, they didn't even cheer for a team then, and now they have a team. They and never they, had any to any team. They had nothing. I understand, but were they cheering for Anaheim or something like that? Like it, or Arizona? No. Like it's Nope. No, all right. No. They had no affiliation. They had no commitment to it. I I can almost guarantee they weren't. Uh, wait, is Las Vegas is in Nevada? No, yep. they were definitely not cheering for Arizona. Um, the 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 poor Coyotes fans don't even want to cheer for Arizona. Um, the the Golden Knights did something that no team has ever 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 done. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean. They could have won. 
You know, the it's it's completely unheard of. It's absurd. But for them to have done so well from just becoming an expansion team and filling yeah. out their ranks, it was it was insane. I think these days with just like modern hockey and stuff like that, it's not like football has this thing where it's like any given Sunday. Like you might have. Oh, that's catchy. Do- Did you just come up with that now? Nope. Um, you, you might have any. I hate you. God I like how you just kind of fit it in there, like it was a something you've been thinking about. No, but it's it's a good it's a good phrase that means something very particular to football, and it works with football in a way that it doesn't work with any other sport. You know, football is super interesting because you know, like the Dolphins can beat the Patriots. You know what I mean? Um. And in a season where I think the Dolphins beat the Patriots twice, the Dolphins had a shitty season, and the Patriots ended up fucking winning the Super Bowl, right? So that's just like the weird thing about football is you could just literally always well, blow it like like the Vikings, right? Right. What what or what, what yeah. it is? What it is, and it's the same with you know, baseball and basketball to a certain extent is you have a lot larger data pool from those three sports compared to football. Yeah. F- football, you you only have, what is 16, 18 games or whatever like that till the playoffs? Yeah, exactly. So imagine if you were getting like an air filter or a water filter that only had like 14 layers versus 132 layers. Which would you go for to get better water or air, you know? Like you're gonna get the finer, finer, better performing, long, longer lasting, in this case, toxins coming through to the end of that 100, 132 filter versus mm-hmm. uh, a sixteen level filter. Mm-hmm. I always think of geometry or not geom- geology class where it has like rocks and sand and pebbles and boulders in like a beaker or whatever like that. Yep. And it shows how how everything makes it its way through from the top level to the bottom level. Mm-hmm. I, I forget what that's called, fluid dynamics or something. Mm-hmm. Even though rocks aren't fluid, but it's probably <laughs> close. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm following you. Yeah, I'm, I'm seeing I'm seeing what you're saying. So it's a lo- it's a longer period of time and a larger sample group. So you pay you play six games a week and you play the teams in your division fifteen times rather than three times or two times. Right, you're gonna see who can outlast people longer. It's it's a, it's a, it's a better sample study, but the rigors of football and the fact that people are going to their graves early because of football mm-hmm. and concussion, CTE, and all that shit, you can't you you clearly can't have year around year year round football with them the way they play right. Now. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, I totally agree with that. And I, that's the beauty of every, I'm not going to say that's a beautiful thing, but that's like, um, the beauty of every sport being different is that it, you do have that dynamic thing. Like, baseball is an insanely long season, and you play, what, 120 games? Yeah. They yeah. play so many fucking games. And... They're, you know, even though they're not tax. I mean, the pitchers are taxing the, their bodies heavily, but no other 
player really is doing catchers. that. I mean, you got to think of the catchers too, but they usually have yeah. three on the team, so they can rotate them. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. You're right, but like, you're not giving your all like all the time and whatever. And what's interesting, you're saying, about, you're saying there's a lot of standing around in baseball. Is what you're there's saying. a lot. There is a lot of standing or sitting down in baseball too. There's a lot of sitting down. Yeah. Every inning you're sitting down. It's true. You know, it's like so there's so there's that, but it is also pretty grueling because you know, you are going from nothing like sitting down literally to your peak performance all within this small little window. Right. So baseball is interesting in itself. But we're also getting to this point where athletes are so, you know, uh, not Bartolo Colon anymore. They're well-conditioned. They are, you know, kind of the height of their conditioning for their lives. And every single different sport does kind of a different thing with it. You know, soccer is an an incredible sport because these guys are literally just sprinting up and down the field for freaking 90 minutes straight with no breaks. You right. know, and yeah, and I don't know how long a soccer uh, a soccer season. I still it's it's year round. It doesn't end. I don't really know. Uh, they have like different like we'd have to ask Bill to explain it to us. There's uh, like I don't want to talk to Bill. Perfect. So <laughs> there's like there's basically like different individual like uh like seasons per like country and shit. Yeah, don't and care. Then, I, and then let's not talk about like, soccer. All right, fine. I'm, so, I'm, I'm putting an end to soccer. All right, so hockey is interesting because you are going in short shifts, but as hard as you can. Right. But you have to continually do it. So, you know, let's say, like, you know, my team is the Islanders. They run four full lines, and it's an interesting kind of and there's defensive pairings which is a totally different thing but the but the lines are just the three players basically right is your center your left wing and your right wing and what is interesting is throughout the game you can call on any line at any time of course but they're changing lines live so there's a lot of coordination that goes with it in addition what I was going to say originally about hockey and why it's, you know, interestingly similar to, you know, football or whatever is in the past, like 20, 30 years, we've gone from what we watched as kids as these sports to a much higher level of performance in all of the sports we're talking about, you know, Right. So, well, I mean, yeah, as you're setting goals higher and setting records deeper and everything, it's people are going to step up to that challenge and they're going to be so like just as like a an example, I would say, with no information behind it whatsoever. There's no science behind this, but just f- philosophically the sample is so if we care more about sports now than we did 10 years ago and we cared more about it then than we did 10 years ago, that mm-hmm. puts us back 20 years, which puts mm-hmm. us at like the average age of a rookie in any of these sports. Mm-hmm. So if we cared that much about it 20 years ago, they had started training for it that much earlier than people who had, who had played the generation that they watched. 
So the person watching Michael Jordan in the 90s has already put in, because of the culture that soon followed and preceded Michael Jordan, they've already trained so much to get to that next level. And that mm-hmm. grows exponentially. Like you look at like the Ball brothers or something like that, and the Ball family. It's like you start getting like these athlete farms and stuff. Yeah, so to- like, no, totally. So that goes for hockey, baseball, basketball, football. Like they all have their own little markets and stuff where they they start like imagine being a child and like pe- like all the adults in your life. Like this is what you're gonna do. Yeah. And like they may not be stage parents and stuff, but like it's always been what you're gonna do. So you train, you eat right, you have the right coaches, you have private coaches, you have like all this shit to build you up and up and up. And every generation on there is 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 building and compounding that to try to rise to the next level. Yeah, and and there's this thing of like natural talent versus like but, you know, your training level. And you can tell when there's a player that has had more or less the same amount of you know eh, hockey is super interesting because you can be a smart hockey player you can be a hockey player that sees all the plays and you know obviously there's something to say about um you know being a veteran and having been through all the different permutations before and you can see as players start to get slower and older they can still make great plays because they can read the other players so easily. Right, because it comes there, there is like, is it instinct or experience at that point? They is call it, it yeah. It's it? it's they it's like a most hockey. They call it hockey sense. Most of most of the announcers will call it, you know, a high hockey IQ or a high hockey sense. And this is not a thing that they say for every person. They'll say it for the players who just have like an innate ability to be in the right place at the right time to read what's going to happen 10 seconds before it happens. And it is it is interesting like how hockey has changed since I was a kid. I remember watching, you know, just very talented individual players on teams that were like fine. But these days, like the New York Islanders of, of today, and this goes for most of the teams in the NHL. This is the thing that's, that I was originally going to, kind of push to say is that in the same way as the any given Sunday like the Miami Dolphins can beat the Pats pretty much any team in the NHL can beat any team in the NHL it's not really the the playing difference is is not really that different you know the Islanders literally went from worst to first in uh, Ooh, that, goals that's, that's catchy can I use that you can use that one yes um, they went from worst to first in goal differential from last year to this year. And they won basically the, uh, I can't remember what fucking trophy it is, the Jennings Trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter, Peter Jennings Trophy. Yep, Peter Jennings' trophy. Um, they won the Jennings Trophy be, due to having the, you know, it's awarded to the, the goal team, you know, the goalie or goalies of a team that 
um, allow the fewest goals throughout the entire NHL season. And they were literally the last in the category the year before. And they only changed one of the goalies. So the other guy was the same guy as the prior year. And what that shows, I mean, apparently everybody has this as one consensus. It's basically all coaching. So, you know, you go and, you know, and like, um, you know, they changed all the coaches. They changed pretty much everything. And they said, this is the style of hockey that the this team is going to play now because this team has enough talented players that are above the NHL average that they think that with this one mentality, they can make this, this whole system work. And what's super interesting is the year before, if you think of that goal differential, the Islanders had their star player is one of maybe the top five NHL players, you know, in the last 20 years, you know, he's definitely in the top 10 and he's gone. So the Islanders lost Tavares in the off season and they went to, you know, this whole thing of like, Oh, what's our identity now? Everyone was every New York column columnist was like, you know, sports writers everywhere were saying, well, the Islanders are going to finish almost last. They predicted that they would finish 27th or 28th, I think, as an average out of 30, 31 teams. And they finished 4th or 5th this year. So it's super interesting to me that, like, you can... And I think a lot of people who are into hockey would agree with me that to to some extent really any team can beat any team and it's just a matter of staying healthy and i guess a number of other variables well yeah but, no, it's, it's like uh, having a deep bench and having a good farm system and too especially in, in one of those you know long lasting sports it'll it'll help you with your staying power and that's actually that's another thing that this team has done and i've seen a lot of other teams do i feel like the cubs more or less did it um but basically you really 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 focus on your farm team and building chemistry and building relationships and building a team identity so that this is a close-knit group of, you know, people working together to, you know, win a, a trophy, which is a, a silver cup. So, it's interesting. I've really enjoyed this NHL season so far. Um, and it's also, you know, playoffs time is, you know, playoffs are the time where you get to see the upset, the upsets, too. You know, you get to see the underdogs, the wildcard teams, you know, come in and play their asses off and try to outplay, you know, the top teams in the league. So that's always fun to watch because it it's not like baseball where you have a one one game wild card. It's a full seven game series. Right. Yeah. Or bet I should say best of seven, but yeah. Mm-hmm. How do you, uh, where do you stand on uh, performance enhancing drugs? 
in sports? Uh, I don't like it. I think that, you know, it's unnecessary. I understand <laughs> the pressures that certain athletes might feel to perform. Um, but like, you know, like if you were Chris Davis right now, you'd probably be like, fuck, I should have just... He broke his streak, man. Did he? Thank God. Yeah, the poor he guy. Two, he hit two ribbies in his first step at today. There you go. Did he break it today? Yeah. Wow. Yesterday for you, but today for me. What? What? Let oh, me yeah. f- let me float this idea to you. Yep. And it mainly started from an Olympic standpoint because that's where you hear like the biggest scandals. <laughs> yep. With with PEDs. PEDs are fine, right? As okay. long as the team that is using the PEDs are using PEDs developed in their state or country. So it actually becomes another member of the team. Who's the smartest egghead? Who's the who's the smartest geneticist, the doctor? Who's going to make them the best, cleanest PEDs to perform? But we can't use Chinese synthetics. China can't use USA. We can't use French bull testosterone or whatever like that. It, it has to be American-made to be American-played. I just came up with that right now. Okay, I I mean, that's, you know... It has to be American-made to be American-played. Matt, I'm thrilled with that. I could end oh, this right now. Why don't you write it down? <laughs> it's on record, man. It's recorded. Oh, I guess. I mean... And that's going to be the name of the episode, too. I'm going to tell you that right now. Well, great. Are you going to... Re- okay. <laughs> That way you can they, that way you can very easily remember it. Um, American made, American played. So MAGA, have you been? Have you? <laughs> Aga. Agma. Ag. Uh. American made. Am. American a, a played. Map. It's a map. <laughs> a map. I'm up. I'm, I'm up. <laughs> okay, so no, I no, I don't know. I I think that I think that we don't need to push the envelope to get better and better and better and better to the point well, where it's it, not exactly possible it's to really compete. It's not just about getting better and better and better. It's about recovering in these long ass seasons. It's like when you see stories about uh, what like didn't like uh, Peyton Manning. He went to like Sweden in the off season or something like that to recover. Or uh, Adrian Peterson was doing whatever in wherever cocaine. To... What in Manitoba? I don't think that's what it was. I thought no. that was just. I just thought I'd match. I'm just that. saying, like the wear and tear on a body, the PEDs aren't necessarily pushing them to the next level. They are mm. keeping them at the level that they are expected to play at. But like, that's the thing is, got, like you have to be you have to be able to recover from these, you know, six day a week uh, uh, game marathons and shit like that. Like, isn't it, that a problem with the expectation level then i mean the, the problem is we shouldn't expect so much out of you know our our athletes these are you know uh oh dude you're gonna you're gonna find an easier way of, of getting them to be okay with peds than you are of people lowering their expectations of their brands you can't you can't walk up to someone who's 
planning to sell a million t-shirts in a given fucking week and tell them like why don't you just try to sell 750,000 t-shirts and they'll be all clean and whatnot you know well maybe that's the issue the issue is that like you know we have all of this um you know devotion um to capitalism and this devotion to you know making a buck here at you know when we can as much as we can like the whole uh what's the players thing where they have their nicknames on their shirts and then they sell another hundred thousand shirts with the nickname on the shirt well, and whatever yeah but they don't make the money from that the cut the the team makes the money from that that's why you have so many different alternate baseball uniforms now yeah i know that I just think uh, I don't I don't want to say it's like uh, I don't feel like I feel like science is at a place now where under the correct supervision and not having to fly to like Costa Rica to fucking, you know, see a back alley doctor for some Androl or whatever. I feel like it's at a place now if it's supervised properly and they aren't, you know, like the Mets medical staff, which makes people with like concussions fly in airplanes and shit. If they actually take the time and each of the players is doing what they see as best for their well-being, I don't see a problem with it. But the problem is then that you have you have players that are morally opposed to it. You have fans that some Who? are some. What players? Hold hold, what? hold on. Hear me fully out first. What are you talking about? Current players? Or are you talking about past players? Uh, let's say that out of every single American sports athlete, I'm gonna guess that about. 20% of them are morally opposed to it. And I'd say wait, wait, wait. that... They're, they're opposed to what? what? How would it be presented to them? Like, the whole... like Okay, so even if it was, like, all above board and everyone's like, yeah, we do this now. We, we just do it because, you know, it's, uh, it helps us recover and it helps us... Now... If right. You're... No. If it was a, if it was an approved above board scenario where they're like, this regimen will keep you healthy, your tendons won't tear, and you'll you may see results increasing for the next three weeks or something like that, and it's presented to them by 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 a t like the team fucking doctors and everything like that. No one's gonna push back on that. But that's just the issue is that you know for a lot of like you're okay you're adding you're adding drugs. And you're adding, you know, like let's say big pharma, okay? Well, but into don't, 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 don't apply like the negative connotation of drugs in the presentation because maybe it's blood doping, maybe it's like stem cells or whatever like that. Like it, there's genetic stuff that can be done as well. Performance enhancing drugs aren't just drugs. Blood doping is not good for you. I was using it as an example of a non-drug, non-narcotic. Yeah, but that's like. Totally insane. Why? They they use probably all sorts of opiates and shit for pain. Oh God. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I'm just saying, if it were to happen, I think they would have to restrict 
the options used to the options produced in the state or country where they work. And then when the Olympics come around every 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 two years, we could be like, you know what? Milwaukee has the best PEDs. Let's take them to the Olympics. And then they're walking through Olympic Park waving the flag because they're part of the team. Milwaukee. I'm just using it as an example. It could be Albany. Who knows? New York could be representing the PEDs at the at the, with the U.S. the Olympics in Tokyo. I mean, I'm not saying you're nuts, but like you know, in 20 years, this will probably be the norm. You're probably predicting the future. You know. Well, you heard it here first. I mean, I'm not against like your whole notion that this is going to be a thing. I really do think that there's quite a possibility that this might be a real thing in the future. Well, I feel like it, it's it it continues for that what we experience from high school to college to the real world. It devalues education and science and puts a premium on brute and brawn because the people making the money are the, the the athletes i guess i i suppose the doctors and the surgeons and whatever else the pharmacists and everything have a longer term career yeah so they're not hard up for it but it they aren't celebrated so it doesn't celebrate knowledge as much as it celebrates physical achievement but physical achievement is just something that we've always gravitated towards as a society as uh, as each individual specific cultures always have had some sort of thing where they're like oh it's wrestling or it's the the mayan ball game or like whatever they always had some sort of competition thing that's like just kind of an innate part of yeah uh human uh i don't even know what what i should call it but like you know our own personal cultures always have something like that which we gravitate towards um i think it's because there's this there's this tangibility in the game you can play the game you might play the game shitty but you can go out and play that game just the same as the everyone can can. comprehend and and understand it whether or not they can perform it is a different thing yeah but uh, right but i'm saying like you know as you're when you're kids you play baseball like you can play hockey if you want to you know what i mean in gym class you might play tag football or whatever um i don't know like i'm not saying you're wrong but i wouldn't want this to happen tomorrow and i wouldn't want this to be the norm today and i wouldn't want this to be the norm in probably even 10 years because I think there's more harm in this than potential good in seeing a group of people who we already treat in a certain way that is maybe not completely and utterly fair, really, you know, and I'm not necessarily just thinking about football and concussions and, you know, shortened life expectancy be due to your um, activities in a sport that you get paid millions of dollars to do you know in a but there's also if you add a drug component to it even if you're doing it for the olympic the olympics and let's say everyone's allowed to to use peds 
that still is putting on like this next great, I don't want to say pressure, but it's it seems more unfair that you're then processing these people and they're going through the system and it's like, well, now you get to the part where you just take these drugs and these drugs are like not something anyone else in the world has to take. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's, there's like another aspect to it that isn't just all the benevolence of this will be better for your but there's the mental component of now you're kind of becoming this process you're becoming you know you're you're kind of it's almost dehumanizing in a way right that you can't any longer perform this game that a hundred years ago you know, our ancestors performed without any drugs, and right. Frank, but a hundred Frank... years ago, the, the 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 game and the business of it was completely different. Right, but that's the thing is you're forcing this focus on the business, and I know you were saying like you know who they want to sell off a hundred thousand shirts or whatever, but like we shouldn't give two fucks about that whole part of it. And you know, even though I own you know, a hockey jersey and I own hats that have the brand affiliation on them, you know, for the Yankees and whatever. The brand only makes me feel, you know, in a way that's like in accordance to my past and my own personal history. And like, you know, because my father is into those teams and so am I, you know, like I, I, it's it has less to do with um the social aspect of what it will become do i mean i i don't i'm not i'm not i'm not necessarily talking about so all right say you're i don't know you know how to present this it's like say you have a hundred people i'll just boil it down Say you have a hundred people. Are you boiling these people? I'm boiling these people down to their essence. Mm-hmm. And say, well, see, that doesn't, that doesn't even work. Like, like, just to be abstract with it, when you're making merchandise and selling them to markets, there's an inherent amount that you know is your baseline that you're going to sell because every season when it starts, you sell this amount because those are the fans for the team. Right. Then you have all the new people who are coming of age, who came into the world, who are making decisions right now about who to cheer for, who to root for, the people who haven't been impressed on by family members and whatnot to become fans of the team that their dad cheered for, you know, or mom cheered for. And then you v- have Vegas the, Golden Knights. Yeah, exactly. You then <laughs> yeah. you have the people who didn't have a, a team, yeah. who are deciding, "I'm an orphan. I, I live. I live in in Connecticut. Am I going to cheer for the Yankees or the Red Sox?" You know, you're, you're you're picking sides there, right? And then you have, and I all, I'll always remember, like the two, like because the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Yankees sell the most hats or jerseys or whatever of any team. Yep. And I think there's I I don't know. I might have heard it from somewhere or read somewhere or I could just be bullshitting it. But I feel like I got this information from somewhere. 
that that is when like it's, it's not anything but i just uh i remember hearing that immigrants identify those teams as u.s so they'll always choose one of those teams when they when you know when they make the move and everything yeah yeah, yeah that makes because sense because they have such profile in other countries and whatnot too right so you have the Dallas Cowboys and the New York Yankees who have that built-in choice. So then apart from choosing a team or choosing merchandise based on team people, then you have people making dis- or teams rather, then you have people making decisions on who they're cheering for or who they like or who they're representing based on the individual branding of superstars. Right. Your your LeBron Jameses, your Michael Jordans, your your uh uh I've already forgotten his name, and he won me the fucking fantasy league. Uh, it's the quarterback for K- KC, Mahomes. You're Mahomes. The people mm-hmm. who are moving shirts because they transcend team loyalty to just representing the sport at its best. You know? Yeah, totally. You 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 root for the player, not for the team. That's a thing that people do. So then, reaching back to the last episode where we talked about having ancillary people being part of a person's talent to then generate an economy and a brand mm-hmm. which i'm paraphrasing because i know it wasn't that eloquent the first time around but i've had time to think about it yeah no that sounds much better yeah <laughs> um so you have 46 people working with lebron james to make him the greatest at the sport at the time or in general like even if it if he's not performing at the same level it's a completely different sport than it was two year, 20 years ago with Michael Jordan. So he's performing against people who are better than the people that Michael Jordan was performing against. Definitely. But it goes beyond his performance on the court because it's how he's presenting himself and all the cross-promotion of everything that he's co-signing on to. So if you're trying to push that type of narrative through with these people to generate income for now, say, 100 people outside of the team itself then people are going to latch on to that and and do anything possible to, to make it to make it work. And right now I feel like with PEDs and everything, they're going on and drug testing is happening, but I feel like drug testing is definitely being geared by the front offices and whatnot to a certain locality of people and keeping it away from higher profile, higher earning, it would be more trouble if we lost them as superstars. Yeah, I mean, like, I get that, but, like, you know, Cano is the is the example, and, I mean, I'm sure this is why this is on but your he mind. But he, he, he never got tested in, well, he never failed a test in New York, but then he went to obscurity, and they're like, he's in Seattle, he's probably going to retire, it's fine. So I, I think there's a market bias, but I also think there's probably a, a, a race bias, too. Look at, I mean, your, like, look at your Peyton Mannings and your and your Mike Trouts and whatnot. They do not look like like they grew exponentially since they were drafted. Yeah, Mike Trout is a monster. Mike Trout is a monster. There's no way in hell that guy hasn't taken something. Yeah, I mean he's he's the you know it's yeah I mean it's it's definitely possible. Um. I mean, what about Aaron Judge? Just a dude who's naturally enormous. Right. Well, he has uh, uh, the built-in uh, 
the built-in camouflage, like if he did it or didn't do it, he's always been big, so no one's going to recall it necessarily. Well, I'm not, saying, so, I'm not saying he's doing it or anything, but I'm saying like size when you come into the league doesn't matter. It's not going to make you taller. All right, but, so let's go back to like one one of my original mental like you know arguments, which is now okay. So let's take let's take Aaron Judge as an example, or Jacoby Ellsbury. Right, these are religious people. And we've talked about this before where we talk about in football, like uh, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, how they literally like every single one was like, yo, Jesus, what's up? And, you know, the whole thing where you point at the sky before you hit home base and, you know, like all this shit. It's like, yeah, OK, so Jesus is floating above you. The That you be imposing your your willpower of drugs and performance enhancing whatever if that were to break someone's moral obligation to like clean living right in the sense that you know it's just not natural right then you would split the 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 groupings of players and you'd say all right well let's say Let's say that's that 20% of players who are just straight religious or don't want to do it or they're uncomfortable with doing it for some reason because it's not natural. And our instinct as um, our instinct as humans generally is to be highly opposed to things that we don't know, right? If it's unheard of or if it's not, not unheard of, but if it's something that, you know, is completely new to us. Uh, we tend to shy away pretty quickly, um, generally speaking. You know, not everyone is looking to just jump on the brand new thing immediately all the time, um, unless they're like 15. Anything that's brand new is cool. It, it has nothing to do with anything. But anyone who's not 15, um, that is after you've gone to, you know, learned about the world a little bit, you realize that you should have some skepticism or come into to you know if you learn something you know you've been uh you've been duped before you know that damn jewel got me addicted to nicotine and now i can't stop fucking e-smoking or whatever okay it's like you know yeah trout's probably using peds but judge probably isn't i'm guessing i mean well, but. that's yeah. I feel like, all right, in this world where your religious people are living pure and they don't want to be sullied by drugs, mm-hmm. I feel like that would only apply to people whose religion specifically eliminates medical treatment of man from them. So you'd be losing mm-hmm. your Jehovah's Witnesses and your Christian Scientists. In this scenario. PEDs and the like are legal. They're above board. They're regulated. They're being prescribed by doctors in this scenario. So it actually does them a benefit because they're not doing it in the shadows and spending half of their time trying to hide it from the the regulators. So Mm -hmm. if it becomes a daily part of their routine, they've been raised since six with a routine. This is what I eat for Monday through Friday. This is the shake I have after my workout. These are the supplements I take when I work out. So if they just add that to it, and after 18, when they propose for f- professional sports, because let's not have them do them in uh, 
in amateur sports, when they start using them in professional sports, then the teams have the medical and regulatory background to be able to assign them to them Mm -hmm. so that they can make a conscious decision on there because they're not illegal anymore. They're not banned substances anymore. They're part of their routine. Right. So I mean, but you, this is this is. I mean, I understand what you're saying, and this is like totally fine. But like, think about that split though, of you have some people who just don't. You know, I I understand you're saying like. In the system that you're creating, it is just the norm and part of how it works. It's part of your regimen, right? Which is what you're trying to explain, right? Like, oh, you're you're creating a world in which this is just a, a, a satisfactory. I'm just saying, normal... in, this, in this scenario, for this to be above board and legal, it's gonna be presented to them in a different way than a guy in an alley in a trench coat opening it and showing them like vials of steroids. You know? Yeah, yeah, that's understandable. So the decision that they make at that point in their career for what they've been working for for 16, 20 years, they can make an informed decision based off of that. Right, but then aren't we just expecting aren't we just expecting then these players to just continue to be like our you know, our entertainment, our our performance enhanced jocks. You know, it's there's I mean I, I have an I have just like a moral issue with it, I guess. Well, that's that that's fine. We should have a moral issue with how it's presented because you do have them viewed as just entertainment. We're rooting for someone to, you know, kill the quarterback and whatnot so that our team wins. You have people that dehumanize the person based on the color of their jersey and their number so that when they do get injured, you don't feel as bad. You clap when they get up and everything, but you don't fucking care because the next play, your team is trying to get a turnover again. The thing is, like, totally understandable, yes, true, all that. There, There are some players I hate. Right. Like, you know, Chase Utley. Oh, yeah, that guy's garbage. Well, he's a real go-getter. He's a home-run hitter. You can find him over at third base. But he can play left field and shortstop, too, with a smirky little smile on his face. Well, he's a six-foot-four, flat-footed on the floor. You can say he's overgrown. And his real name is Larry, but he don't like that. So you better call him Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. He's a switch hitting son of a gun. Chipper Jones. Blowing bubbles and hitting home Chipper runs. Jones. He's Atlanta's favorite son. Everybody loves Chipper Jones. When the bases are loaded in the bottom of the ninth, Chipper comes through in a pinch. They play Crazy Train and the fans go wild when he comes off of the bench. That left or righty, the boy's out of sighty when he gets into the zone. He's got a bull tattoo and a Fu Manchu. Oh, you gotta love Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. He's a switch hitting son of a gun. Chipper Jones. Blowing bubbles in the hidden home Chipper runs. Jones. He's Atlanta's favorite son. Everybody loves Chipper Jones. Chipper Jones. He's a switch hitting son of a gun. Chipper Jones. Blowing bubbles in the hidden home Chipper runs. Jones. 
He's Atlanta's favorite son. Everybody loves Chipper Jones. Everybody loves Chipper Jones.